Aloha. Welcome to the Mr. G podcast. Today is Sunday, February 11th, 2024. It's three days before Valentine's Day. Um, my Valentine broke my heart today. I think we broke up for real this time. Uh, so I'm single again. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about change. Things change. People change. Everybody change. There's two statements here. Nobody changes. Everybody always stays the same. People don't change. Okay. First statement, people don't change. Second statement, everybody changes. Which statement is true? They're both true. People change, whether they like it or not. Lives change. People change. One day, most likely, somebody else will be living in the room that you're living in, in the house that you're living in, in the apartment that you're living in have totally different people that you'll never meet, see, or even know about. Things change, people change, the weather changes. That being said, you can also say people stay the same. A lot of people don't change. Now, today, Sunday, February 11th, it's 70 degrees here on the outskirts of Chinatown in Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, it dropped below 70, which is rare in, in, on the island of Oahu. It got under 70 degrees. Now, yesterday's episode, uh, podcast number 26, season two, uh, was about titled Work Smart, Not Hard. And that had to do with change. As people change, as people get older, the smart ones, um, you work smarter and not harder. I don't work as hard as I did when I was in my 20s as I do in my 40s. I'm 44 years old now. When I was 20 years old, I worked a lot harder but not as smarter and the reason being you learn in your 20s in your teens and 20s and sometimes in your things if you're lucky in your 30s you learn and you make mistakes and you learn from these mistakes uh, you have unlimited energy at least I did in my teens and 20s so with that you have the ability to make these mistakes and to to uh work incredibly hard and not necessarily incredibly smart. Now, today's topic has to do with how people change and your perception of them as well. You'll always remember somebody as if you haven't seen them in 10, 20 years, friend or family member, they'll always remember you as how you were when they had the most power over you. So no matter how much you have changed, they'll still remember you as how you were. An example would be my two older sisters, two twin sisters, four years older than me and my twin brother. And even though I haven't seen them in 20 years, haven't spoken to them in 20 years since our mother's funeral, they still see me and my brother as some little, you know, dirty fucking twer dirty jerks that they can push around and that uh, don't have anything going for them. And, aren't uh, contributing members of society. And that's because that's when they have the most power. Also, in case I forget to say it, you may not always remember what somebody says. You may not always remember what somebody does, but you'll always remember how somebody makes you feel. And today's podcast is the perception that people give you. And that feeling that people give you is very strong. And the best sociopaths know this and take advantage of this. Okay, today's episode, we're going to talk about somebody that I grew up with. When you're growing up in the United States, 
you go to elementary school from first grade to fifth grade, and then you go to middle school for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and then to high school. And a lot of the people that you go to the elementary school with are the same people you go to middle school with. So even though you may not be friends with them, you interact with them here and there. When I was growing up, there was the cool kids. I wasn't part of the cool kids. The other was my brother. We went to a wealthy public school. And so the cool kids were all dressed in like the best clothes and this and that. And they played sports. And some of the, uh, generally the kids that were the best at sports also were the popular kids that got the cool clothes and everything. But there was one individual, I'll try not to say his name for legal reasons, but um, he was different than the other popular kids where it seemed like he didn't get always get the best clothes. He had to have hand-me-downs a lot, even though he was the oldest of, uh, it seemed like he was the oldest. He had two younger brothers as well. And his name, I won't say his name, but uh, he always treated me with respect. And I always remembered that as well. Um, one thing I remembered in elementary school and middle school, you, you learn, oh, your parents are divorced. Even if you're not friends, you know, the teacher will ask, who in here is parents divorced? Who in here lives with their mom? Who in here lives with their dad? And me and my brother, our father had custody. So we lived with our father. And I remember he was one of the only ones that also lived with his father. And, and that was rare. You're, normally when the parents get divorced, custody goes to the mother. Uh, so I remember that. And that was like something that we had in common, like, oh, your father raises you and your two brothers. Oh, our father has sole custody of us, you know. And he always treated me with respect, even though I wasn't the coolest kid back then. My father got me the worst glasses, these huge glasses. I had acne all over my forehead, nowhere else, just on my forehead. And my even my twin brother, Michael, who was five, six inches shorter than me, didn't have acne, didn't have glasses. At times, he did, you know, uh, disown me and, and say that we weren't even related, you know, but we were both played sports and this individual was also good at sports. And I'll give you three examples where he showed me respect is uh, one time there was during a gym class, we were playing softball and that was my worst sport, sport baseball. I could handle uh, basketball. I was a good receiver in football, but in softball, for whatever reason, my coordination came so late in life. I couldn't even tie my shoes till I was like in fifth grade. So softball, for whatever reason, I could not hit the ball. And the individual we're talking about today, he, he was the pitcher. He really wanted me to hit the ball because everybody was laughing and like how I couldn't hit it and I was the worst one. And he's like, come on, put your eye on the ball. And then he gave me like the, and I remember he really wanted me to hit it. And I came the closest uh, that I did. And uh, he, he put it right down the middle and I tipped it. And that was like the best that I did for, like I said, in middle school, I sucked at baseball, at softball. It's the worst sport. So then there was that. Then there was another incident in math class where the, the teacher was like, okay, everybody's going to uh, go to the person next to you. And one of you is going to close your eyes and count to 60 seconds in your head. And once you reach 60 seconds, raise your hand. And so I was paired up with uh, this individual and the cool kid. We'll just call him the cool kid. So I was... Uh, 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 paired up with the cool kid and I remember I was just like counting fast but I wanted to get through it because I didn't want to be like the last one or something but I, I went through it so fist first I was I was like the first one and then the individual the cool kid we're talking about he, he was just like kind of laughing but trying to hold in he's like man why'd you go so early you know we were came in last place you know and um, so there was that instance the math instance and then the final instance was uh, in eighth grade 
at the basketball team. The one year we played organized sports, me and my twin brother. And we loved basketball and we would play basketball in the neighborhood with all the neighborhood kids and stuff, but we never played organized sports. So in eighth grade, we were gonna play basketball for the Bradley Middle School team. But the thing is, it was right before another middle school opened. So it was huge overcrowding. So there was like 100 people on the basketball team. So very, very few people got to play. But this cool kid that we're talking about, he was one of the starters and got to play a lot. And me and Michael, we were we sucked at the organized sports, the three-man weave, the five-man roll. We just couldn't, I could not figure it out. One of our worst days, worst days I ever had was the first day of basketball practice in eighth grade. But we made it through the whole season and all the coaches agreed. I was the change out of all hundred basketball players on the team because everybody made the team out of all, all hundred of them. The coaches all agreed that nobody had changed as much as or advanced as much as me. Uh, from the beginning of the school year to the end of the school year. And hey, that happens with ever, a lot of people, a lot of men, uh, a lot of young men, you, you, you'll you go and women, you'll go through more changes during those years of your life than any other time of your life uh, during those puberty years. So uh, on the basketball team, me and my brother, we were bench warmers. We didn't get to play. We traveled with the team and went with the team. But then at the end of the game, the end of the season, there was one game where it was just a huge blowout. And so they put the coach put me and my brother in the game and the starters, including the cool kid we're talking about, they were like all excited that we got to play. And I got the ball and I dribbled and got fouled and was at the free throw line and made the score sheet and put in a few two free throws. And I went up to shoot at the second free throw and I looked over at the bench where our team was and the cool kid that he was like like cheer up and excited with everybody else. But then I looked at him like right in the eyes and he realized that he didn't want me to like think he was laughing at me or something. So then he like calmed down and was like, you know, just watching and just like not cheering as aggressively. And then I realized I was like, oh, hey, that, that was pretty nice of him. And so I always had respect for this individual. You know, a lot of the, the cool kids, they were like jerks and stuff. Me, me, I wasn't necessarily like a nerd nerd, but since you know our father never got us decent clothes and I had the huge glasses and the acne and I was skinny and tall. And so a lot of the, the cool popular kids would be mean, but this individual was always respectful to me, always nice. And like I said, you may not always remember how somebody, what somebody says, you may not remember what somebody does, but it's psychologically proven. You're more likely to remember how somebody makes you feel. So, you know, I always held this person in high regard and uh, you know, I've Googled him like 10, 15 years later and I read this horrible crime that uh, uh, supposedly he committed um, a, an essay on a woman. And I think like, oh, wow. You know, I remember he was the only one that, you know, his father had full custody and he had these two younger brothers that would always uh, go to all like the basketball games and the football games and his brothers really liked me and my brother I guess because we were real noticeable or awkward kind of and, and they kind of they were like a few years younger than him and so they looked up to the, their older brother and uh, to see him uh, com having committed such a horrendous crime uh, it really like set me back like you think you know somebody a lot of times when they talk to people that have known serial killers not every time but sometimes they're like oh I would never expected it I couldn't, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe that person would do such a thing. Yeah, that's not the person that I know. And um, it's it's kind of the same thing. And I look, think about his brothers. I remember this, one of the most memorable basketball games I was ever in. 
was a pickup game at St. Mark's Church in San Antonio. And me, my brother, I think Nathan Godoni and a couple other uh, scrubs that weren't really like good at basketball, wearing jeans and boots and stuff. For whatever reason, we were at this church for this pickup game. And like the starters for the Churchill basketball team came in and we're playing against them. And we just get off to this huge lead and I'm the big man. And I'm, I'm up against the center for the starting center for Churchill High School. And I'm pulling down offensive rebounds and kicking them out to my brother. And he's shooting a three-pointer and I'm getting another offensive rebound and just timing all these rebounds against this bigger, stronger player. And we we were up really big early. It's like a 12-point game. We're up like 10 nothing. Then they come back and tie it like 10-10. Like and then we win the game. And everybody runs on the court because it's like a huge upset. And Michael, es I said his name. <laughs> okay. Michael Escavel's brothers run out onto the, onto the court and they're like celebrating with us. And it's king of the court. So if you win, you get to play in the next game. We lost the next game, but we won that huge game. And it was just such an exciting moment that a huge underdog team that me and my brother and I can't remember, Chris Gatley was his name. Chris Gatley, this, this little, this chubby guy was also hitting three-pointers. I was pulling down the offensive rebounds, kicking them out, and they were hitting three-pointers. And like I said, his brothers, uh, Michael Escobar wasn't at the game. Like I said, these crimes, I don't know if he was convicted or not. These are, um, what's the word you're supposed to use? Uh, supposedly committed the crime, or um, they are uh, erroneously, or... Um, uh, uh, anonymously, no, what's the word? <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyways, this individual, uh, you know, I hadn't seen him in, in years, you know, all the way on the other side of the world now. I'm not ever going back to San Antonio, Texas, but I Googled him and I find out like, wow, he's, he, he was convicted. He was like a coach at the, you know, because a lot of players when they're done playing, they finish school and they go back and they're like a, a, a basketball or football coach at their high school. So I think that was similar. He was like a basketball or football coach at his high school and he had a relationship with this woman and she had gotten a restraining order or whatnot and uh, he had violated it. Uh, this is all supposedly. And uh, then uh, one of the, the, the details of the crime is he got out of jail and then he went to the uh, woman's house supposedly and uh, um, you know, he waited outside while her went inside while her garage door opened and then slid under as her garage door was uh, closing and committed the same heinous act again. And it's just like, wow, how could that be the same person that I remember? And uh, like I said, you may not remember what somebody does. You may not remember what somebody says, but you'll always remember how somebody made you feel. And he always treated me with respect and I always remembered that. So reading about how he did these horrendous things, it's uh, like unfathomable. Like that's the same individual. That's why, you know, it's a lesson learned. Uh, they say everybody has the capability of evil inside of them. Uh, and everybody has the capability of good as well. Um, I think about uh, this person's younger brothers and how they looked up to him and how uh, their hero uh, would do such a thing. So uh, in the end, we're all responsible for our own actions. And like I said, uh, if he was here in front of me, I would remember the, the person that was kind to me in elementary school and in middle school. I wouldn't uh, think of the person that I read about committing these terrible crimes. Um, so you be the judge. Am I right there or am I wrong there? Should I 
be more argumentative? Uh, should I, uh, you, you hearing about these crimes that he did, you guys probably have a different perspective of them. So also uh, shout out to JP. I don't know if you can hear me, JP. Thank you. You made my Sunday wonderful. I appreciate you so much. And um, the Mr. G podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts, Amazon podcasts, Apple podcasts, uh, Spotify, and watch full episodes in their entirety, twitter.com slash Gregory Brandt. Let me know what you think of this story and yesterday's podcast, work smart, not hard. Uh, people change. Uh, people aren't always the same person that you were, but also in the end, uh, nobody changes. Everybody stays the same. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. For me and my street cats, aloha.